Stop being shocked if a demon shows up in the presence of God. That demon is showing up in the presence of God to try to see if you're worth your salt. today's message pushed by a demon pushed by a demon and so um, on saturday night we had a wonderful glorious time and in the midst of god's glory the power of a demon showed up the room was filled with the glory of god it was beautiful it was powerful it was incredible as it as it is every single time there was a girl came for the first time in a wheelchair she came with her mother, and she came with her mother's friend. And they uh, came up because she needed prayer. And so I'm asking, I ask her. I don't know if she's in the wheelchair because she, need, she can't stand up. I didn't know what she was in the wheelchair for. And she said, no, I can walk. I can get up. I can move, you know, um, on my own. She goes, it's just sometimes I get tired, sometimes I get weak, but I can get up. It's, that's not what she, what she was up here for. She, she had a stroke four months before, and it left her paralyzed on the right side, on her arm and her hand. And so, there's, so, so she had a, a brace, and, um, and that's how she was basically waiting for the, her, her hand to heal. What she wanted prayer for was that. And so I'm kind of bent over, and I'm praying, and I'm praying for this young girl. All of a sudden, we all hear oh, yeah. this bang. The, the mom that was standing here behind her daughter, nobody was praying for her. Nobody was even touching her. And all of a sudden, she just went, and she hit her head, and she hit her head hard. We immediately went over there, and, you know, somebody went to go get ice, and many was like that. It was bad. I start praying and taking authority. But as I'm talking to the mom that's on the floor, right, I had asked, Kelly, would you continue to pray for the gal in the wheelchair? So, because obviously we're over here now distracted, right? And so I'm praying for the, the mom, and I said, what is going on? She goes, it was like I got pushed. I go, you did get pushed. That was a demon that pushed you. We're in the midst of the glory, and a demon literally pushes this woman out of the way. And so she goes on to say that her son had died, a very horrible death, okay, a murderous death. Uh, years before um, basically then she told me some other assignments of death on her life and her family's life and now the enemy was trying to and he was after her daughter so here there we was, are I'm praying for Rena it's her name the one the woman in the wheelchair I'm praying for Rena and because the anointing is so strong and the devil does not want us to pray for that woman of God, uh, what does he do but try to cause a distraction and tries to push the mom out of the way to try to bring in fear, to try to bring in this more, more of a division in this family and more of that spirit of death, try to get her out of the way so they don't believe for everything God wants for them to have. And so she's on the floor and I'm taking authority over the spirit of death because what happened was what was revealed what was the bigger problem was yes the wheelchair but the bigger problem was the spirit of death that was upon this family 
And it was only revealed because the enemy exposed his hand. But at the same time, I knew exactly what happened. A demon showed up in the midst of the glory and pushed this woman out of the way because he didn't want uh, the curse of death to be even exposed, although he did that, and it was broken. And then number two, he didn't want us praying for Rena. So now, we get done praying for the mom that was on the ground, right? I'm done over here, and, and, you know, I hear the Lord saying, go back and finish because this is also a, di a distraction. Like the enemy's trying to bring a distraction and fear throughout the room. So got up. I spoke on it just quickly. Came back to pray for Rena. I said, oh, devil, you're going to pay for this. So she couldn't move her hand. That's what she told me. She wanted to pray for her hand. It was paralysis. She could not move it. For four months, she had not been able to move it. So I said, can we take the brace off? And she said, yes. So I took the brace off. And I commanded her hand to move, commanded her arm to start moving. And it took her a little bit. But you know what? She started moving that hand. She started raising her hand. She started making a fist. And I said, have you been able to do that in the whole four months that you have had this stroke and then been in this condition? She said, no, I have not been able to. Her mom, by that point in time, got up. And her mom comes over. This time I'm holding on to that mom. You're not hanging on to you and so so she I'm holding her I said mama what's happening to your daughter as your daughter's doing this and then so she goes and she with tears she said he's healing my daughter so you know that you know it instilled fear I think in some people there was questions like what in the world happened you know how could that happen how could a demon show up in the midst of glory well it happens all the time it happens all the time. It just happens to be that that one was so dramatic and it was so loud, uh, you know, that it got everybody's attention. But it happens all the time. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and use this as another teachable moment. We're going to talk about this. We're going we're gonna to talk on this. Amen? So she's literally pushed to the floor. It was not the Holy Spirit. A demon pushed her. That it does happen sometimes. Demons pushing. No one's praying for her. So in the presence of a strong anointing, demons get nervous and they sometimes start to manifest. I believe what happened was that as the, you know, the anointing was so strong, that demon is starting to shake going, oh boy, oh boy, we're going to get exposed. We're, she's going to get healed. I can't have that. I already have a grip on this family. I took out her son. I, you know, I've taken out her children. Now I'm going to try to take out this daughter. I can't let this happen. And so this is what happens in the spiritual realm. We need to have that kind of understanding of authority that we carry. When you walk in the authority of God, the enemy knows what you know and what you don't know based on actions, based on what he sees you doing, right? Based on what he's observed. And so he's going to try to get in there and see if you're going to fall for it. He's going to try. Now, the reality is, is, is that I understand, and I hope most of you, hope all of you do as well, is, is that we have greater authority and greater anointing than the enemy does. Now, just because he tries with a lying symptom, and that's exactly what that was, pushed her, the enemy tries to push you too. Maybe he doesn't always push you to the ground, but he's pushing you all week long, and many of you allow it. Uh, so maybe somebody get the revelation right now. Sometimes you're being pushed all week long, and maybe you don't fall to the ground, but you're being pushed, and you're allowing it, right? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And so we have to understand when there is an anointing, and it's so strong, and you're all anointed of God to do great works, because God's already said that in his word. So, But in a corporate setting where that anointing is even stronger, the enemy tries to show up. And so what does he do? He tries to 
bring in all forms of manipulation, all forms of lying spirits. You know, there are demons that will cause you to shake and tremble and fall and cry and pray in the spirit and do all these things. And you need to know by the, just, just by discernment, is it the Holy Spirit or is it a demonic spirit? Because sometimes what they do is they mimic, they mock. They mimic. Not everybody that falls fell under the power of the Holy Ghost. Some of them fall under the power of the demon. Wow. Yes, true. And so here's the thing. You, this, this is not to instill fear. It's to instill truth so that you can understand something. If you're walking in a pure life, holy life, pure life, you're, those doors are closed. You're not tolerating any type of mixture in your life. Then the devil doesn't have any rights to come against you and to do such a thing. But if there is a spell, some kind of a curse, something active in your life or in your bloodline, that's why we believe so much in deliverance at this church. That's why we're constantly casting out spirits in this church. Because we know that if you just bury that under the rug and just act like it's not there, it's going to take advantage and it'll come up at a, at a most opportune time when it wants to. And we're going we're gonna to get to a story here in a moment. It's going to seal the whole thing. You're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. But there's mimicking lying spirits. And we have to know just based on discernment what is going on here. What is this? How could that demon have been allowed in the presence of God, though? It was such a beautiful, holy time. How could that demon have been allowed in the presence of God? Does anybody have that same question? I see heads shaking. Yeah. In the beginning of Mark chapter 9, Jesus was transfigured on the mount. When Jesus was transfigured on the mount... The glory was so thick that even Elijah and Moses appeared and talked with Jesus. That's the kind of worship time they were having, full of God's glory. Now let's look at verse 2. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and led them up on a high mountain apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. It means the glory of God was 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 just beaming. He he was transfigured before them. They saw it. It wasn't something just in their imagination. No, they saw it before them. His clothes became shining, exceedingly white, like snow. Okay, and so you've got got Peter, James, and John. They're all looking at Jesus as Jesus is literally being transfigured before them. Clothes are white like the snow. And it says, and Elijah appeared to them with Moses, and they were all talking with Jesus. Beautiful, glorious time in the presence of God. It was beautiful. And a cloud came and overshadowed them. And a voice came out from the cloud. And, they said, and it said, this is my beloved son. Hear him. Beautiful. Because it's the voice of the Lord, right? The voice of the Lord affirming his son again. Jump down to verse 14. So the disciples, all the rest of them, you know, they came to Jesus. They're having this glorious time, right? You know, transfigured at the mount, the glorious time. The other disciples come. They see this multitude all around. And, and, and immediately, he says, and the scribes disputing with them and Immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed, and they were running to him. They greeted him. And they asked him a question. What are you you guys discussing? And then one of the crowd answered, Teacher, remember, they're having this glorious time of worship. And somebody that comes up says, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. Whenever the spirit, the ungodly, the demon, 
Whenever it decides to seize him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. I, I want you to think about this for a moment. Whenever that demonic spirit decided to take action, it decided to do it now, right in the presence of this glorious encounter where Jesus is transfigured and he's shining bright like, like white as snow, and Elijah and Moses appear. And the demon shows up? Yes, right in the word. And it doesn't just show up and looks, you know, from far away. No, he makes this boy start to manifest. He literally pushes the boy down. It says it threw him down. Read verse 18. Whenever it seized him, it throws him down. Read it again. Whenever it seized him, it throws him down. Jesus didn't throw him down. The Holy Spirit didn't throw him down. Nobody was touching or praying for him. They didn't throw him down. It was a demon that threw him down right in the presence of whom? Of Jesus. So we need to really know our word, don't we? We need to really know the Bible. Because you know what the enemy was trying to do also was to instill fear in all of you. He was trying to instill fear. And no way, not on my watch. But we need to know what the word says. So throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashing his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And, of course, we know that Jesus went and told them, you know, because you know, of your lack of faith. He says, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring them to me. And when they brought him to Jesus, when it says, and when they saw him, I'm sorry, and, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. Okay, it doesn't get any clearer than that, but I'm going to reread it. And they brought this boy to Jesus. And when he, lowercase h, saw him, Jesus, capital H, immediately the spirit convulsed him. They see Jesus. Immediately the spirit starts shaking this boy, starts manifesting throughout this boy. He doesn't just shake and convulse. He also falls to the ground, wallowing and foaming at the mouth. Here's Jesus, the anointed one, the holy one, and the, and the boy, the demon in that boy starts to manifest and have this whole, you know, this whole distraction, this whole act right in front of Jesus' face. And Jesus says, how long has this been happening to him? And he says, since from childhood, it has thrown him both into the fire and thrown them both into the water, both into the water and both into the fire. Why? To destroy him. It's the spirit of death trying to destroy him. He says, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us. And Jesus says, if you can believe, stop putting it on me. If you can believe, all things are possible for him to, who believes. And then in verse 25, Jesus saw that the people came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, and he said, deaf and dumb spirit, you come out. Come out of him and enter him no more. Right after he gave that command. Again, for a second time, that spirit again convulsed him. A second time. You think it just came out because he was Jesus? No, a second time. Read it. In verse 26, then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out. And, and he became dead. So, as, so that 
as many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he said, when he had come into the house, he said to his disciples, why could we not cast it out? And he said, this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. Now, I have, I have um, ministered to you all from this passage before, but I took the context of faith. I, I, you know, I took the, the view of, um, you know, little faith, right? If you have little faith, you know, you're going to, that we really need to have faith that, even if it's mustard seed faith, but mustard seed faith has no doubt. So there's a difference between mustard seed faith and faith that's lacking because there's so much unbelief. So, because he rebuked them because of the unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief will destroy no matter how much faith you may think you have, right? So, so I've, I've, t I've taught on this passage, but it had to do with unbelief and having unbelief, right? But in this context, what I want, I want to bring to light is the point that in the glory of God, we need to wake up as the army, and we need to realize just because there's so much glory that is happening, and we enjoy it, we love it, and we should. We should enter in, we should enjoy it. But at the same time, you don't ever check out and stop being a soldier in the faith. In other words, you need to learn, we need to all learn how to really press into the glory of God at the same time being very alert at the demonic powers and principalities that try to enter in, they try to disrupt the glory of God. They try to have their way. They want to they get the attention. So much of the time, there's distractions. What do you think that is? Uh, it's a demon trying to, trying to cause distraction, tries to cause, tries to, trying to cause people to not hear what they need to hear so that they don't receive what they need to receive, but also because he wants the glory. The enemy does, right? He's not going to get the glory, but he tries, and he does get the glory in many places, to be honest with you, because people don't recognize what's really happening. And then they'll just put all this hype and all whatever fear and feed right into it. But no, Jesus rebuked it. Jesus commanded it to go. He stopped. He commanded it to stop, and he had to repeat himself. And there's nothing wrong with having to repeat yourself. Stay in authority. And so I wanted to bring this story to light to show you in the glory realm, don't ever think just because the power of God is so strong that, that the devil doesn't send his minions in to try to stop the will of God. As a matter of fact, it's the very opposite that's true. In other words, the more power, the more glory, many times the more opposition because the enemy is so afraid. And he wants to stop the move of God's Holy Spirit. But if he has a church that understands that they are the army of God, but he have, if he has a church that understands collectively that not only are you the army of God, you're going to intimately worship Jesus, but also you're going to have the mindset that you are a soldier at all times, as you're a worshiper at all times. And that is something that's learned and that is something that's taught, and it's being taught, and you are learning it as well. So that you walk in this type of confidence knowing, no devil, you don't get to, you don't get to have your way. You, if you did this in the presence of Jesus, of course you're going to do this in our presence. But as Jesus responded, so shall we. And we put it in its place, and we don't allow him to have his way. Amen? So, yeah, when he exposed by having the woman fall, pushed her to the ground, and she said it. She knew it. She felt it. She felt somebody push her. 
But you know, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, this is all throughout the scripture. I mean, when you think about it, you can, I'm sure you can think of many, many stories yourself of when this type of thing, and it may have not been somebody being pushed, but it could have been something else, a manifestation, you know, something, you know. And listen, when somebody manifests, we take authority because if they're going to manifest in our presence, then we're going to take authority and command that thing to leave so that that person can get, you know, be set free, right? But the same is true when, remember Jesus was, when he was baptized, when he, when he um, came up out of the Jordan, when he was baptized there in the Jordan River, Right? And he heard the voice of the Lord, and God affirmed him. And he said, this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. And the, right after that, the Spirit led him into the wilderness. And right at that moment, the enemy came, and he tried to ta taunt and test and, you know, speaking things. You know, well, if you really are, if you really are. Well, what do you think that is? Those are the voices that you hear sometimes throughout the week that the enemy tries to bring your way. Well, you know what? You're not any good, and you might as well stop, or, you know, this is never going to turn out. But those are the same, this is the same thing. It may not be as dramatic as somebody being pushed on the floor and everybody heard it. It may have not been that dramatic, but it is still, it's the subtleties of the enemy that if you don't do something about those subtle things, uh, that they become a mountain. It's See, easy because if you don't do anything about that, then you're not worth your salt. Get out of the pulpit. You don't even know what you're doing. Get out. No, it's true because there are, there are, I heard a pastor tell me one time, she said this in a, in her message actually, that somebody started manifesting in her service. This is before I got ordained. Somebody was manifesting in her service all of a sudden and she was preaching the word. And she believes in this stuff, although I never really saw her operate in it. And she said that when she, somebody starts to man, started to manifest, um, she did not know what to do. And so she literally just kept on reading the word, kept her head down as the person was, you know, making noise and doing all this stuff and doing whatever the manifestation was. But, you know, there are pastors that don't understand. When you see something like that, you must take authority. You cannot just let this go on because you're literally dealing with a demon spirit. And I don't care what the individual looks like. We don't battle against flesh and blood. It is the spirit that's working behind it that you've got to be able to say, oh no, I see that demon. I command it to shut up and stop now. Silenced. Be silenced in the name of Jesus. Right? And so if we as a church, not just in church, but at home, in our private life, when we would do this very same thing, and, and, and it could just be a thought or an emotion, right? Or it could be something somebody says. And, and this is our opportunity to say, you know what? This is no different than that demon pushing that lady. This is really no different. It's just maybe a little more subtle. And so, but we must do what the word, the word of the Lord says for us to do in Luke 10, 19. And, and the Bible says that all authority, he's given us all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, right? It says nothing's going to harm you. So there can be zero tolerance for, for fear. If you have any amount of fear, see this, I really believe this so strongly that if there is even just a little bit of fear, guys, get rid of the fear. Do self-deliverance then. Like cast it out then. Because that little bit of fear is literally going to stop you from walking in the fullness of faith. And the thing is, is that you are called by God to do self-deliverance. Don't be like, oh, well, I'm not like her. See, she's pretty bold. And I think I have a little bit. I don't see that kind of stuff happening in my life. Well, probably because you're all tolerating fear. Amen. You're probably tolerating even if it's just a little bit. And that little bit keeps that door open. And so then, therefore, you're not going to operate in that bold, you know, type of faith that says, no, you don't, devil, not on my watch. 
I have been given the permission, the authority in the name of Jesus. And so therefore, the weapon that you tried to form will not be established. It's not going to prosper. But not only that, not just for me, for those that are under the influence of my voice. Oh, not even for them, by the way, devil, not even for them. Because it will be exposed, and we're going to make, make this as an opportunity to learn from it. God. Okay, the baptism of Jesus, same scenario. You guys know the story. Moses, immediately as I was thinking about this, God gave me, God gave me three different scenarios. Baptism of Jesus, Moses coming down Mount Sinai, what happened right at the, you know, he's in this glory. Come on, 40 days and 40 nights, right? The glory of the Lord, the cloud of glory. And he comes down the mountain, and what are they doing? Like total flat out, complete idolatry. In the presence of God, that's my point. In the presence, I have one point today. Don't miss it. In the presence of God, okay, don't think that the, the demons can't manifest in the presence of God. And stop being shocked if a demon shows up in the presence of God. That demon is showing up in the presence of God to try to see if you're worth your salt, to see if you're going to actually stand up to it. That, that demon is showing up in the presence of God because, you know, he really wants, are you going to really, do you really believe what you say you believe? Do you really? And the other flip side is true too. God is allowing it because that person needs to get free. And he knows what he already put on the inside of you. And he knows that you're going to say, oh, great, I'm glad you showed up. Now get out of her now in the name of Jesus. The same is true. Come on, somebody. She's getting it. Amen. Woo. So there was, there was those, those, those three, you know. No, no, those two. And then the other thought was I said there was three different scenarios. The baptism of Jesus, Moses coming down, and then you. Every one of you, right after a great service in the presence of the, of the Lord, right? You get in your car, and right after a great service, with your extended family, but who shows up and what shows up? And so every single one of us have the same opportunity. It may not all happen in this room, but it's the same scenario. Somebody say, same scenario. So instead of being like, oh, why did this happen? No more is not going to be the question. Not why did this happen. It's biblical that it happened. But the responsibility is upon each and every one of you, right? The responsibility is upon us to do something about it. We submit to God. We resist the devil. He will flee from us. James 4, 7. You know, we understand our authority. Binding and loosening. Matthew 16, 19. We bind and we loose. That, that means whatever we forbid is forbidden. And, and whatever we allow is allowed. Whatever, whatever I forbid in this church is forbidden. And I'll tell you what, because God's made me the one that's in charge and authority. Whatever I forbid, it's forbidden. Period. The same is true for you and your families. Whatever you forbid... If you stand in that posture and you don't allow the enemy to go and weaken you and work you and get you your emotions and keep on keeping on exhausting and exasperating you, if even with that, tell them, shut up and back down because I'm not going to. He watches and he studies and he realizes, well, they're just going to back down if I just keep at it. But we're not going to. We, we're not going to because we have the authority in the name of Jesus, we have the authority, the fullness of God's authority. Every one of you, I decree it over you right now that you're rising up in strength, God's strength. I decree it over you right now that this, that the enemy tried to work for evil, God's turning it for good. And that you're all, being, you're all increasing in the, in the level of authority, in the, your own understanding of what you carry. That there's a confidence that's actually growing on the inside of you because the boldness of the Lord. Because God says that he has called you to be bold 
like a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen.